Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode, we're publishing the second part of the interview I had with Charlie Morley last week about lucid dreaming. And you can't force a lucid dream. People get worried about, am I, am I um, abusing the unconscious? Am I forcing the unconscious? No. Every lucid dream you've had is because the unconscious has said, okay, you can have a lucid dream. All the techniques we do are just knocking on the door. Whether the door opens is the choice of the dreamer. So, so um, let's maybe have a look at that because I'm quite sure that many people, uh, many of our listeners now are really interested in how can we actually uh, practice lucid dreaming. So do you have a technique that you, that you can share with us here that we can practice from now on and uh, kind of get lucid together? Well, I mean, there are dozens of lucid dreaming techniques. And of course, this is the bit where I say, and if you look at my books, you have all the techniques, blah, 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 blah. So buy the books from Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> but let's have some techniques right now. So in a short podcast like this, I, I think the three Ds are the best. Three Ds. The first D is dream recall. So train your mind to remember your dreams. Because unless you regularly remember your dreams, you're unlikely to have many lucid dreams. Because a lucid dream is based on knowing the dream content, the dream environment so well that you know that it's a dream when you're in it. So the first thing to do is to get to know your dreams. So listeners might be saying, but I don't, I don't dream. Okay, everybody dreams. There's no way to stop the human brain dreaming because it's linked to our survival and it's linked to our memory reconsolidation. So everybody dreams every night. Just some people remember their dreams, other people don't. Yeah. For those who don't remember their dreams, I'd say, when did you last try? You know, when did you last go to sleep and have the last thought before you go to bed be, tonight I'm going to remember my dreams. And when was the last time when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do before reaching for Facebook is to go, what was I dreaming about? What, where was my mind just then? So I'd ask people to do that. As they fall asleep tonight, be saying over and over again, as they enter that nice hypnotic state called the hypnagogic state, the transition from wakefulness into sleep, when the brain goes into alpha and theta, these hypnosis brain waves, hypnotize yourself. Be saying over and over again, tonight I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. Tonight I remember my dreams. I have excellent dream recall. We'd say 21 times in the Tibetan tradition, but don't worry about counting 21, just for a few minutes over and over again as you fall asleep. So that's the first thing, to program yourself to remember the dreams. The second D, dream diaries. So once you've programmed yourself to remember your dreams, you've had that strong intention, the next thing is to write down your dreams. Now in lucid dreaming practice, the reason we write down the dreams isn't so much to interpret them, but if you're into dream interpretation, that's totally cool. But for lucid dreaming, the reason we write them is to help us remember them. Because every dream that you write down, you're solidifying the memory of an unconscious process into the present tense of the conscious mind. So you're kind of learning, you're remembering. Yeah. Uh, you're writing down. The more you write, the more you'll remember. And then the third D are dream signs. So dream signs are anything within your dream that can indicate that you're dreaming. So if I dream about my wife, she's not a dream sign. If I dream of uh, Donald Trump, he's a dream sign because he's not in my everyday life. If I dream of a talking animal, it's a dream sign. Uh, you know, anything, any kind of crazy dream anomaly that can happen that doesn't happen in your daily life is a dream sign. So you set your intention to remember your dreams, first D. Second D, write down your dreams, your dream diary. The third D is to spot your dream signs. 
So maybe after one week of keeping a dream diary, you read back in your dreams and you say, oh, look, I often dream of my dead grandmother. Or, oh, look, I always dream of being back at school. Or I often have this dream or that dream. And you start to make triggers. You say, okay, well, maybe the next time I see my grandma, I'm going to remember. I'm going to set a trigger. If I see my grandma, then I must be dreaming because she's dead. Or if I'm back at school, then I must be dreaming because I'm an adult and I haven't been to school for many years. You know, you set these triggers. And it's that setting of triggers that's the first lucid dreaming technique. Okay. So if, if we would start to practice this from, from today on, how long would it on average take to, to get into this practice? Because I guess it's not going to happen from, from today to tomorrow. Well, some people it will. I mean, there is no average. Some listeners will have a lucid dream tonight just because they've listened to this. Okay. Um, other people will spend the next two weeks writing down their dreams, doing all this, and then have a lucid dream. Other people, two months. It completely varies. Um, it, I mean, it's like any form of, of, you know, if you're learning a new form of yoga, a new form of meditation, you're not going to learn it in one day or one week or even one month. But over several weeks, over several months, you'll cultivate the practice and you'll learn how to do it. Um, but yeah, some people will get lucid just from listening to this podcast. Other people, it might take a couple of weeks. So I wish everybody of our listeners that this will happen to them tonight. Yeah, it, absolutely. <laughs> so is there, I'm 43 years of age now. Am I too young to alter learn this uh, or can everybody learn that? Everybody can do it. I mean, once you hit 30, from about 30 years old onwards, your REM periods start to go down a little bit. So your dream periods get a little bit shorter. Um, so in theory, the easiest time to learn lucid dreaming would be as a teenager or a baby. Because teenagers and babies have the longest dream periods. Now, babies, I think they're going to struggle to learn. But teenagers, that's a perfect time to learn lucid dreaming because you have these very long REM periods. So the longer the REM periods, the more likely, you know, the more dreams you have to work with. Um, no, I mean, if even into advanced old age, like if you're kind of in your 80s and beyond, ugh, you're going to struggle just because the REM periods are so short. Uh, sometimes your sleep patterns are affected at that age. But uh, no, in your 40s, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you're going to be totally fine. Once you're into your 70s, it might be a little bit more difficult. But I think possibly many things are a little bit more difficult to learn in your 70s compared to when you're a teenager. But that shouldn't stop us doing it and trying. Well, it's probably only a matter of timing. So if the periods exactly. get shorter, you have to be more exact in your timing. Yeah. <laughs> and what you have at 40 compared to a teenager, you have the wisdom. So teenagers might find lucid dreaming easier, but then all they use it for is having sex with movie stars. <laughs> and at 40, you might find lucid dreaming a little bit more difficult, but maybe you have the wisdom to spend your lucid dreaming on healing and spiritual practice and, and having sex with movie stars, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I did, of course, see that, you know, you, you've got this really great... Um, workshops that you offer and i'm i'm 100 i'm going to attend at some point in future to one of those workshop, right. workshops where you meet for two three four days and continue oh, the retreats yeah and the retreats right i love yeah. that idea so can you maybe share a little bit what you do in those three four five days yeah so uh, the workshops are like weekend workshops you know 10 in the morning till 5 p.m and you learn all the techniques and stuff like that but the retreats are these four-day intensives where you um, stay at the retreat center. And during the day, you're learning lucid dreaming, meditation, some yoga, all these practices. And then at night, um, you go to bed at 10.30 at night and you sleep normally in your bedroom until 3.30 in the morning. And then if you like, it's optional, you don't have to. But if you like, then at 3.30 in the morning, you set your alarm, you wake up and you walk from your bedroom 
into the shrine area where we have a sacred sleeping area where you have bed number two set up. So you have one bed in your bedroom and one bed with the group. So you move to bed number two and there's candles and there's incense and there's the Tibetan gongs and bowls. You know, it's very, very magical. And then I guide you back into sleep. Uh, with a certain meditation practice. Then 90 minutes later, the bell goes, you wake up very gently, you write down your dreams, then I guide you back into sleep again. And then 90 minutes later, you wake up, right, then I guide you back again. You do that four times a night. Now, for some people, that sounds like a nightmare. They're like, oh my God, this is terrible, I never want to go. Other people listening will go, wow, that sounds so cool. It's like a spiritual pajama party, you know? And people love it. And the thing is, it gives you four chances. If you fall asleep once and wake up once, you have one chance. Some crazy guy like me wakes you four times in a night, you have four times as many chances to have lucid dreams. Uh, so I'm not saying we sleep like that forever, but just for four nights in a row, if you do that, it's as if you've had rather than four nights, it's as if you had 16 nights. So you can kind of maximize the practice into a short amount of time. So then you get a lot of people having lucid dreams. So I'm definitely on the wow side of that. I, I yeah. think the idea is fantastic and I'm really <laughs> looking forward to do that. So. Right. We're, we're, I have to bring this to an end, uh, even though I could, uh, I'm, I'm quite sure I could go on for, with you for hours here. <laughs> but too. my last question to you would yeah. be, did I miss out on any kind of question, Charlie, that you would have asked yourself if you were, were having this interview with, with yourself? Oh, good question. Um, well, maybe because the podcast is looking at sleep and stuff, maybe a question that people have is, uh, will lucid dreaming uh, affect my sleep in a negative way? Um, and the answer is no. Lucid dreams happen in REM dreaming sleep. And we know that REM dreaming sleep is not restful. We rest in light sleep. We rest in deep delta wave. We rest in the hypnagogic, hypnopompic. But when you're in REM, your brain's going crazy. It's, so, it's firing so much because it has to create the dreams. So you're not going to miss any sleep with lucid dreaming. And in fact, because lucid dreaming asks you to have more sleep, I'll be saying if you only have seven hours of sleep a night, try and get eight, try and get nine because then you'll have more dreams. So actually lucid dreaming encourages you to sleep better and sleep more deeply, because with that, you'll find it more easy to have lucid dreams. Um, so yeah, it, learn to embrace sleep, learn to go in there, have fun, be like a child, be excited to go to sleep tonight, because lucid dreaming is very exciting. Yeah, uh, I, I love that. And that's, I'm going to leave that statement and end this podcast with, <laughs> with exactly that statement. So just, just to tell you what, what Charlie's for a person, you know, he's very busy. You can see what he's doing all around the world. And it took me one email to get him to this interview. So Charlie, thanks a lot for taking your time. Thank um, you. It's been a pleasure. Maybe in, in a half a year or something like that, I come back to you and uh, with my lucid dreaming experiences, maybe we can even have a podcast about Tibetan um, Buddhism side yeah. on dreams of dreaming, because I recently had a podcast about cultural dreaming But I didn't oh, really right. go into that section. So it was more about the Chinese and, and the other cultures, uh -huh. the native uh -huh. Indians. Uh -huh. Okay, so but we'll, we'll close, it, close it right here. Charlie, thanks a lot for this wonderful interview. Um, I hope and I know that uh, our listeners enjoyed it as we both did uh, to listen to this interview. And um, I hope you tune in next week when we're going to talk about the top five tools that Tim Ferriss uses to fall asleep. Until then... Have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, 
please check out sleeptrust.eu, that's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week and until then, have a good sleep.